everybody. Welcome to the 81st episode of I'm So Sure Cast. I'm your host, Tim Early. I'm here with Tim Sullivan. Good evening. Good evening, folks. And today we got a very special guest. We got Ian Arietta. Yeah. Hello. Good to be here, y'all. Um, yep, we're here. We're here again because we just started the podcast and recorded for about seven and a half minutes, and my microphone was off. That's correct, <laughs> folks. Hey, man, that'll happen. It will happen. Um, but know. we, I mean, it's a shame that you missed that because that was the best six minutes of podcasting that anyone would have ever heard. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's like Tenacious D's tribute. You know, the, 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 the song about the song was good, but... You, it really makes you wish for that original song. So you just have to use your imaginations about what the best seven-minute podcast is. Right. He's absolutely right, folks. That's absolutely correct. Um, so, Ian, uh, you were just telling us that you were playing <laughs> golf today. And you don't have to go all the way back through it, but long story short, Ian shot a 57. On the front. On the front. And then he shot a 48 on the front again. Is that correct? Well, it's the back and the back, but yes. Oh, okay. Well, all right, folks. Jesus Christ. Um, so then we were also talking about, um, I don't fucking know. Can someone well, help me out here? We're talking about golf, dude. This is the golf this podcast. Is the golf That's fun. right. This is the golf episode. This That's is all, folks. all things golf. So we were trying to figure out where on the geographical spectrum Rhode Island lies versus Massachusetts. And now we figured out everyone's basically allowing carts again. Normal golf has basically proceeded again, but Massachusetts does not allow driving ranges and is the only state the future. of all, however many states there are, that doesn't allow it. That's strange. Interesting. Yeah. How do they expect? How do they expect us to play golf if we can't go to the driving range? Well, that's a great question. I said the same thing when I found out that uh, Crystal Lake wasn't giving hot dogs at the turn. I said, well, what the fuck is this? This is like, you know, driving NASCAR without a pit crew, you know? And they just so said... up on the rolls and butter and go heavy on the brisket. And the lady said, sir, you're not wearing a mask. Get the fuck out of my sight. And I just left the, the pro shop, also known as a trailer that's in the parking lot. <laughs> I know. It's so strange how much they've closed off all these huge establishments that are like basically in-town resorts. And now they've condensed it to a fucking ticket window. It's so funny, too, and, like, there's, like, I get that there's a part of this that's more just for optics that you're trying to seem extra precautious and sanitary, but there is some setups, like, at Far Corner, it's purely for optics. Like, it has no practical value ever. There's a guy with his ringing people in, um, in this little makeshift table up front, and then he just has a giant piece of plexiglass in front of him with like a hole cut into it and i was just like okay does he, sh- does he shove your wiener through the hole when you order it <laughs> i tried he said this is not a glory hole sir and then <laughs> fantastic and uh but no but it's it's yeah it's a very weird setup some of these courses have and the other thing too is like i feel like they have outlawed normal behavior like if it's one thing to be like hey come on be respectful but if I make the mistake of like approaching someone with a clipboard and I get too close since I'm not wearing a mask, they look at me like I'm some goddamn leper from, you know, from Papillon. Uh, where lepers come from. But I was going to say the... Um, they come from leprosy, which is an uh, island in Ireland. Oh, interesting. 
Okay. I just made that up. Yeah, you did. Um, so at Apple Hill, I thought that the makeshift um, hot dog area is better than the original hot dog area. Oh, I totally agree. First of all, just for pace of play, it should be there. And right. secondly, um, the girl was wearing a mask, but she looked hot. And two, I feel like it's just <laughs> it's just easier when everything's outside. You know, it's so, like yeah, a drive through service. To paint the picture. So usually, you know, you have to like drive the cart up to the clubhouse, leave your cart there, run inside, order your hot dog, wait inside, get your hot dog, run back out to your cart, hope that nobody jumps you, whatever. But this, in this case, it's like where you would drive past the clubhouse to go to the next hole. There's just a garage that's open, and the girl's right there with the hot dogs. Oh, and you really wouldn't even, if you wanted to stay in your cart, you probably could. But then you can see what's going on. You can see if someone jumps you. It's fantastic. Well, Absolutely fantastic, folks. Tim, I went. you and I went to um, Swansea Country Club once. Huh? Yes, we did. That's where I went today, and... They usually have a really good drink, like um, a drink cart service. A couple carts would be going around, and it's like almost every two holes you can catch one if you want a beer or snacks or something like that. That's a really good uh, ratio. Yeah, I missed that today for sure. And everything else was closed. So, like, the one main thing around here is food service is really strange on how it's being broken down, Uh, especially the course had... Every sign saying, like, the grill room is closed, the pro shop is closed. Like, you come up to this one window, you go see the starter, and that's it. But I found everywhere I've gone, their website where you have to book tea times now, which I'm not really against. Like, that could be one of the things that I would like to see stay after. Oh, yeah, I like like website tea times. Yeah, it's just you see all the options and... It just makes sense oh, yeah. for us. Online you know? booking is definitely nice. I agree. And sometimes I feel like I, f- I, get, I get the suspicion that they're lying to me on the phone. Right. Well, yeah. Especially so, sometimes I know they have an available 8.30 tea time, and they're just saying that they don't. It's always the strangest times, too. They're like, well, I know you wanted the 10.58, but I have an 11.02. And you're like, yeah, sure. Okay. Oh, like, yeah. The like, differences I called, of times um, are ridiculous. When I called Apple Hill, I go... I I said, do you have any tea times between eight thirty and nine o'clock? And she goes, uh, no, I'll booked up. So I'm thinking I'm screwed. I'm thinking like the only thing they have available is afternoon times. And she goes, we have a nine twelve. I'm like, uh, yeah, okay, I can just wait twelve minutes. <laughs> I never go in the same time too. Like we had a an eleven o'clock start time. I think we got to the first tea at quarter of. And that's when the starter was like, why don't you guys start on the back nine? Because it was just, it was chaos. It was was just really busy. I was surprised by how many people were playing today. Oh, man. Ian, what's the best part of your golf game? My irons, I think. And I, yeah. So if you're like 180 yards out, that's your favorite shot? Yeah. I like iron shots a lot. I like, especially on the range or on the course. Um, probably with my drive up close and I have like a weird ego about it where if it doesn't work for a few holes, like any other sensible person would try something else, change it up. And I'm like, no, it's going to start working. And it never does. <laughs> it never does. Oh, that's what I do. But, and, but I take, pr- I take pride in that. It hardens my resolve. People go, why yeah, don't you just yeah. stop hitting that club? And I just go, no, I'm doing it. I'm going to defeat well, this club. I'm going to defeat this ball. Yeah, I'm like, like 
cool hand Luke who just keeps getting hit to the ground and hit to the ground and keeps getting up. That's like yeah. me. Yeah. Everybody Something thinks I'm a moron. To, to Tim Jim's fucking driver game because Tim used to be the worst driver off the tee. Like he would fucking either pop it straight up. Oh, I used to have an egregious slice. Slice it so fucking bad. Yeah. Like to the, the point, the, to the point where like it, it, you couldn't even hit it ever because the slice was so egregious. It was like a boomerang. It was just out of bounds like all the time. You know, um, you should look into, I don't know if you have what your shaft is, if it's regular or stiff, but a stiff shaft helped me with that. Well, I've, but this time, this past time I went out with him, his fucking driver game was like unbelievable. Yeah. Dude, it was. Yeah, I watched. <laughs> oh, it was crumbleable. Yeah, but crumbly-able. no, it, I fixed that like two two summers ago because I was um, I watched some YouTube video and it was like a band aid type remedy. It was like this isn't proper mechanics, but if you have a slice, try this, and it will at least you know not make you slice. And I did that thinking like I watched the video. An hour before teeing off, thinking that it probably wouldn't work, and it actually did work. It's like when somebody told me that you can get rid of hiccups by eating a teaspoon of peanut butter. I laughed at them, and mocked them, and and hated them really. And then I tried it, and I thought it was great, and it worked, and my hiccups were gone, just like this video cured my slice. And it's so funny because I get the whole axiom that you know driving's for show, punting's for dome. <laughs> but um, which is definitely true. Um, but you want to be able to get, you know, at least a decent, respectable tee shot off like most times. And so once, once I figured out how to get rid of my slice, golf just became way more fun. Yeah. Especially when you get the crowd of people. So I was saying before, like today was a weird day where they started us off on the back, but when we came around the turn, it was still so backed up that we just played the back nine again. And... Both times we did that, of course, we were splitting two foursomes, right? And we had our time to set up and shoot. It's not like we drove in front of them, but uh, they all rolled up to us. And as they played, each time, one of the fattest guys in the group goes, where'd you two come from? (laughs) And it's like, dude, the starter told us to come here. And they're just like... Mm-hmm. Like this is collective, like passive aggressiveness on the course between some of these people. If you play, oh, dude. If you like, as if looking at the same four shirts in front of you makes any difference to how your game's gonna go. It, right. Yeah. I and and there's something about golf where I notice it's 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 never the uptight yuppies that are authoritative on the golf course. It's always some bumbling moron that thinks he knows the rules of golf that starts lecturing people. <laughs> oh, well, it's funny you say that because, um, so before we were saying how like you meet the strangest people on golf courses and sometimes fantastic people. Yeah. And sometimes really strange people. Like <laughs> you get this really <laughs> yeah. weird, intimate, um, look into these people's lives for a couple hours that you never normally would, you know? And so today the guy I had, uh, this guy, Herb, who was 80 he was an ex-investment uh, banker who owned some place in Boston. And he went off on some rant about like the rules and courtesy of golf and how m- nobody knows what they are anymore. And like especially if you play with the younger generation, they have no clue. And I found it funny because I, I started playing golf for the high school team. And 
we had that stuff ingrained into us. That was like one of the biggest parts of any like off course work with the golf team was like studying the rule book, oddly enough. So I would and, think that the shit that he's referring to is like, don't walk in front of my line on the put on the putting surface, and yeah, like, or even movement of like how you're further how your shadow if I'm further away. I go first or whatever. Yeah. Oh, shout out. Yeah, yeah. Honor, no, 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 honor no. system. If you're for farther sh- away, you go first. Sorry, he's absolutely right, folks. Oh God damn it! Wrong fucking button. The word, Sorry. folks, is farther. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I mean, some people even as crazy, like beyond the honor system or like who the, you know, the order of which you hit. Yeah, like all the etiquette. Yeah. um, If if you're standing and like you don't pull the pin, if you're closest to it, if your shadow's casting across their line, if you're even like walking to get your ball between it, people flip out, but... Well, those, well, that would and, and those people out. are uh, those people are losers too, because like I'm all for <laughs> I'm all for like etiquette, but I'm mostly for ready golf. And also, how how weak is your golf game that the slightest distraction is going to prevent you from making a putt or, or making good contact? <laughs> yeah. like that's the thing I can't stand. Like you watch these pros, and I love how. Um, <laughs> I love how I'm trying to relate to the common man by telling him what the professional golfers do. But, like, I feel like, <laughs> you know, as soon as they hit the ball, they're anticipating just people screaming, like, get in the hole or mashed potatoes or whatever stupid phrase of the day um, is muttered. And, like, I, but it's so funny. It's always the people who stink who are the most distracted by your stupid shadow on the green and or, like, where your footprint was. And it's like, dude, just hit the fucking ball. If you're, yeah. if you're as good as you... Your ego is telling you you are, then you should be able to sink this putt, whether or not I'm standing five feet or six feet away from you. Yeah, I I have a weird respect for people who can care about that because I think golf is probably one of the bigger like integrity sports or one of the older ones where it's like you know the biggest award you can get playing professionally yes. is like the Bobby Jones Award, which is sportsmanship. Right. So yeah. and, and and it's because like they look so badly down on people who cheat and all that shit but i agree um the people who respect it the most are only hurting themselves and they're like they're just too caught up in the game caught up in like yeah, every little are. movement um I, I think it's crazy when you see how many commercials they still make about golf tools and like different gizmos that will help you hit the ball like right. another 50 yards like the uh, infomercial game for golf toys are like 1990s peak era. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely, dude. It's like that thing that goes in your eye. I know because I, I work with a bunch of guys that buy all those things. And like I'm partially curious myself, but I've never actually got – my intrigue never reached a level of uh, – of pulling the trigger on them, but but to to touch on what you said, the the most axiomatic thing I've heard about golf is that it doesn't build character; it reveals it, which is mm. totally true. Oh, absolutely. Golf, nobody figures out like you either you either cheat at golf or you don't. Like it doesn't build character; it simply just tells me who you are. Yeah, you know what I mean. There's if that- I watch you take five shots out of a sand trap, and then I'm you know, and then ten minutes go by, so you think I forgot. And I'm like, what'd you get on that? They're like a five. I just know you're a loser. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It doesn't matter if they, it makes no difference if they want to cheat their score. It's not going to change anything. Like, unless exactly. you're claiming money. But like, f- for the most part, um, well, that, so that's a funny thing too. Um, 
playing match play. That's what most, at least my competitive golf games were, were match play in high school. And I love playing match play, but it is... you Did you play in a high school team? Yeah, I played for my high school team. And um, the thing, though, about match play is even if I play it now for fun, people will take... So, obviously, you win the hole. Say you got a four. The person who lo- lost will just put on a card, a five, and give right, you the hole. But they probably were they're, like... They're not going to steal the hole from you, but for their own vanity, they're right. going to... So you'd yeah. have these kids get back, and they're just like, yeah, you know, I, I shot a I shot a 43, I f- shot a 42, and it's like, yeah, but the person... No, you didn't. Yeah, because you picked up the ball every time you lost the ball. You would lose Dude, seven, exactly. yeah, you'd no, be seven down. <laughs> like, come on. And the other thing is, like, you don't need that much awareness to... Like, I'm kind of like Jason Bourne when, you know, the, he sits down in the diner with that girl, and he can rattle off every license plate in the parking lot. It's right. like... <laughs> If if I'm gonna force them with you, I just I just know how many strokes you're at, like because it's not that hard. I really only have to in most it's shot for shot. So basically, if I'm playing with three other people, I have to wait for them to shoot individually. So like I kind of know if you're fucking up a hole or doing well. So oh, yeah, you know I saw you stink up this hole and take three duffs, and I know you didn't get a bogey. Okay. Yeah, I find the people you don't notice are the ones who are hitting it well, at least exactly. for me because it's like. If you if you have a bad hole or like say somebody else does, you watch them struggle through every single shot, and then of course you're like, exactly. oh, you just randomly see the person walking towards the green with their putter and not realizing that they're sitting there like looking at a birdie attempt, <laughs> and you're putting like seven. Oh, I totally agree. Yeah, it's um, it's definitely something that I feel like people pretend that they're secretly fucking up a hole and lying about. And then, you know, most people are pretty aware. But, um, oh, but back to what we were saying about interesting golf stories mm-hmm. um, in terms of who you get played up, like paired up with. Mm-hmm. So I've been paired up with a ton of people. Um, but one of them, so I played, Joey Durso and I played with some one armed kid. And he was like amazingly competent. But the weirdest thing was, uh, my dad and I played Hickory Hill. This is probably like seven years ago. And we got paired up this fucking huge Jack black dude, dreadlocks. He's, uh, he shows up and then this other random dude gets paired up with us. And the guy realized on the third hole. So I was talking to the guy that I was paired up with and he was a lawyer and on the third hole, so this guy was defending a murder trial in Watertown, a, mur- uh, uh, a fucking guy arrested for murder. He was his defense attorney. And he found out that the guy that he was paired up with coincidentally was cousins with the person that was murdered. No way. And then he just immediately realized, like, the conflict of interest and, like, literally just had to let us play through. Fuck, shit, dude. That's strange. But imagine how weird that is. Like, what are the guys? First of all, it's Watertown. And this yeah. was up in Methuen, Mass. But imagine being like, oh, well, like, what, what are the odds that? It's got to be in the trillions. Yeah, that's crazy. I played with a guy once um, down, I think it was on the Cape. Yeah. Trillions? Come on. And um, this guy was like, he worked for the insurance company. <laughs> Multi-billions. That was suing Kanye West when he canceled his tour. Um, remember when he, like, 
yep. Kim got robbed and all that stuff, and he he went he uh, lost yeah. it and he canceled the St. Pablo tour and like tried to claim the insurance on it. He worked for the company that was like suing him, and I remember how weird he was about because um, we were playing. My dad was like, uh, he always says, "So what do you do?" And the guy was like, "I work insurance." High level. Imagine if he just insurance. goes, I sue Kanye West. And well, no, like the he slowly revealed it, like he was baiting us in the whole time. And he's like, a couple big people, you may have heard of him. And he looks over at me. He's like, Have you heard of Kanye West? <laughs> and I look at him like, No shit, dude. You're like, of course. But then yeah, yeah. gets into that whole story. And it's funny that like people's golf egos come out in their personalities when they talk about themselves a little bit. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah dude. Everyone's floating a little bit out there. No, it's true because that was even uh, Eric Fay and I, Eric Schull and Storage. You may know him by, mm. but oh, um, fantastic, mm. fantastic steak. We were playing again at Hickory Hill, um, and this guy and his buddy get paired up with us. And same thing, he was like, he this guy found himself so interesting that he would only give us snippets of what he did. So he was like trying to bait us in to what he did, and as just out of principle, Eric and I. We're like, we're never going to ask this guy what he does because he keeps, <laughs> he's, he's one of those guys that he goes, so what do you guys do? And then ask what everybody does so that we'll reciprocate and ask him what he does. And he was doing it so pathetically on the first hole that Eric and I were like, let's make it the neck, the, the whole round through without asking this guy what he does for a living. And on the third hole, no one even asked. And he goes, yeah, so I'm the drum tech for Godsmack. <laughs> And I was like, that's what you had up your sleeve? Like, this is what you were waiting to impress us with. So so the uh, has-band butt rock band that really only has a market to, like, National Guard commercial soundtracks. And you're not even in the band. You're the drum tech for the drummer of the band. And this is what you're bragging about. Those that can't do drum tech. Exactly. Those who can't drum, drum tech. That's correct, folks. But anyways, Jesus Christ. Ian, we gotta play together. I've never played golf with him. Yeah, yeah that'd we be do. awesome. I'd enjoy we should that. Find something like half midway between us. Cooch also uh, had texted me this past weekend and wanted to play, so we might have to set something up with him soon. Also, yeah, we should do that. Okay, Dude, to get him on the docket. So Cooch on Sunday. Ask me if I want to play Bradford Country Club. That's when he asked me if I wanted to play Bradford Country Club. That's so fucking weird. Well, so, yeah. Yeah. So he asked me like, I think five minutes before he asked you. No, I'm just kidding. But he, well, um, maybe we could, oh, should we check to see who he, uh, oh, who, who he, he invited first? Yeah. Let's yeah, check. Let's, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> let's check. Uh, oh, somewhere Cooch is sweating. Who did he prioritize? <laughs> hold on. Um, hold on. So at All right, 10, I, o, 10 03, he said, You busy uh, today? You mo- he texted me at 10 10. <laughs> what a lose. What time did you respond? Like 10 09? Like immediately at 10 03. Oh, what a douche. And then I, and then like, I was like, oh, I can't, whatever. I was like, Let's plan something for next weekend, though. And he said, Okay. And that ended at 10 05. That means he was and playing both of you at the five same minutes time. before inviting me. No, I'm definitely more important than Tim Jim. What a goddamn cocksucker. So he goes, um, <laughs> so I was like, all right, yeah, I can't play. And then he goes, all right. So then he texts me hours later and he's like, hey, I'm wrapping up. Um, 
what are you doing? I was like, we're making sausages on the grill if you want to come by. Jesus. And then he goes, uh, he goes, no, nah, no, nah, that's all right. That's all right. And then, so I'm like, all right, so we're outside grilling. And then he just shows up like 10 minutes later. <laughs> and, dude, he shows up with a thermos of some beverage. Coochie juice. And he's drinking it. He smokes one cigarette. And then he just says goodbye and he just leaves. I wish I had that confidence, man. Like, I hang out with my mailman more than I hung out with him on Sunday. <laughs> oh, my God. That is, like, the greatest. But, no, dude, I would love this. We need to get around, go, man. I just, I love to golf. I'm golfing on yeah. Friday at Crystal Lake. Took the, Jesus. I took the whole fucking day off. I'd be doing that all the time. If you guys are working oh, from yeah, home, dude. fuck it. Yeah, so, Ian, what's the deal? Where's How's your work been affected by this? Uh, my work is going great because I haven't been. So it's so interesting. Um, I actually left my last job on March 12th, which was a Thursday. So that was basically right before the storm hit. That was as I was picking up that same day is when most of the leagues started canceling the seasons, NBA and all that kind of stuff. When the NBA canceled, I was like, okay, this is real. I had a job lined up that it was like a sales job and like liquor distribution. And I caught up through the second interview and all of this started picking up. And I had taken the following week off from work to say, like, I figured I would start after that. Right. And so um, everything's building up. And then one day I hear back from the hiring manager just saying right now we have to hold off from hiring. And you were, did you already get the job offer? I had had the second lineup. So I was like waiting on the okay, second okay. interview. So, but he had a, um, a, you know, he called me and was just saying, totally wanted to move forward on this, but right now we can't do anything. And this is actually, right. um, Tim, you, well, you both know Dan. He works in the same yeah. company and has had a hell of a time just because they can't keep up. You, you know, it's hard for, the manufacturers to actually make enough of the product that the liquor stores are looking for. So they're pissed off. So they're not buying as much and it's, it's crazy. Oh yeah. So right down the chain of supply. Yeah. So I've taken the time to play music, work on some golf stuff. I've been doing a lot of like yard work and work on uh, uh, my girlfriend's condo. So it's like, we're getting ready for that. So I've, Honestly, I've been grateful for this time. Um, I've been a little, I've been lucky for sure. Oh yeah, dude. I, I honestly, I think a lot of people are realizing they can definitely work from home now, as they should. Yeah. Right. I think like a lot of brick and mortars kind of just gonna like go away because mm. people are like, why am I paying all this rent? I don't fucking need it. Yeah. Dude, I was doing yard work. I needed. I needed. A hundred pounds of bricks and five pounds of mortar and couldn't find it anywhere. All the stores are closed. All the brick and mortar stores. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's good stuff, folks. Jesus Christ. You had me. I was literally going to say Home Depot is like the one store that's been <laughs> slamming this entire time. Oh, it yeah. has been Isn't, slamming. I've actually oh been to, to Home Depot. I, I pretty much, it's so funny. I'm not really handy at all. Like unless you count masturbation, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that's awesome, man. Yeah, I'm probably in Home Depot at once every ten days. Oh yeah, it's like becoming a weekend routine where 
uh, my girlfriend and I will go, we'll trudge through the lines, we'll pick like whatever project we're going to do and then go do it that weekend. That's like, that's been our biggest social interaction, which is a really strange place to choose to interact with society. You, yeah. You, I mean, oh, for sure. Except here's where Home Depot pissed me off. Oh, is, boy. This is going to be good. All right. So the the grill was, low, we, you know, we needed more propane, right? So oh, yeah. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go to Home Depot and get some more propane. So I walk in and immediately there's all the grills set up. So naturally, I'm like, all right, the propane's going to be over here. And I'm walking around like you're fucking idiot for <laughs> 15 minutes priding myself on not asking for help and then i'm like all right i'm just gonna take a lap i refuse to ask for assistance dude it was by the goddamn power tools who the hell what sense does that make uh, none and i said you know jesus. what jesus i said you guys are lucky nobody's working right now and is all deciding to paint their house and build decks because i would you know I would give you a really scathing Yelp review for this. We had to like, (laughs) it felt like we were guilting the guy into helping us. Um, We were picking out like a certain type of brick that we had there. And you know how in like the lawn and garden section, they have it like gated off in the back. And that's usually where they keep all the pallets and the backstock. And so they had that open. So we just walk back there and we find it. And we like flag this guy down. We're just like, you know can you move this pallet over and tell him the whole situation? And he, the guy literally looked at two different pallets of already open brick that was somewhat similar and was like, well, how about this one? And we're like, no, <laughs> he really no. tried to just <laughs> yeah. sell you on that because it was less work for him? Exactly, yeah. And so then, and the best part is when the guy fucking, he goes, oh, okay, okay, he finally agrees to help us. He flags down somebody else to get the fucking lift over there to drop it down for us and then he just walked away so it was like dude it's so funny i and i always tell this to to karen home depot has the largest number of employees that are literally just standing around like i think the only people because there's probably five people assisting on the self-checkout that are actually occupied with stuff and then other than that it's really just the people that are doing the paint and everybody else that's wearing a orange apron is just standing around. And you can sometimes I make myself my body language scream. I need help. Like I try to, <laughs> I try to act as just frustrated as possible so that they come over. To, I can't get these people to budge. They avoid They'll that. Just, they avoid they, that at Home Depot because that's like the one place where you can get someone just as angry for not being helped. Um, as getting help because they're professionals or they know more about this than you. They're just like, so do you, you think they're the a little bit gun shy because they've gone up to seasoned con like yeah. carpenters and said, do you, do you need, need assistance? Help, and they basically get bitch slapped because like, no, I know what I'm doing that now they're just so gun shy that they don't approach anybody. Yeah. Well, I think they're stuck Maybe. in the complete middle of each polar extreme where you have the subcontractor, or the contractor who knows exactly what centimeter of whatever the fuck they need and the other people who watched hgtv (laughs) for a while and got inspired and came out there and they have no clue so they're frustrated they're realizing that it usually takes like five or more different 
things to make the project they want to do. You know, you don't just do a walkway with brick. You know, you got to break that down. You have to get sand. You have to get pavement. Like, there's so, so much to it. So get... it's, it's super expensive and they're getting frustrated. So I, I, I'm sure it sucks working at Home Depot. They're either going to get a million questions from a complete dolt yeah. or they're going to be chewed at for asking. Right. Right, exactly, exactly. Moment of silence for Home Depot. Mmm, mmm. <laughs> I've given them the most money Oh, sorry, money is during... it not count of silence if I'm... <laughs> <laughs> it is probably undeserved. I think we've given them the most money out of this quarantine. Everybody's redoing their houses or fixing yeah. shit up. Like, that place has been hopping almost every day. Anytime we've gone, we have to wait out. There's a line... And that was the strangest thing to me at first is like when there was even a line at Home Depot because of coronavirus. Right. And you're going yep. into basically like an aircraft hangar. There's nothing there. <laughs> it, like that's when you knew shit was real. And that it, I've had such odd experiences walking around Home well, Depot. Because when I went the other day, because <clears throat> I just took it upon myself, just invited myself to Tim's house. And I was like, hey, I'm going to replace your stairs. No, dude, you came with an open invitation. I okay. need well, you can do my I needed those goddamn thing. stairs replaced. But um, when I went to Home Depot, I was in like the decking area, and there was like zero fucking decking. And I was like, everybody must literally be replacing their goddamn stairs and shit because they have yeah. nothing better to do. So we made do, you know. Where the the width is an inch off, but that's okay. I think it's fine. Oh, it's is great, it dude. All right. It's great, man. I um, yeah. So for Ian, Ian's never been to my house. I don't think. No. Oh, that's, that's something we might have to change. Um. So. Oh well, the invite stands anytime. Thank you, uh, Tim. I know Tim came without invitation, but you, you're invited yeah. anytime. Right. Yep. I have these stairs that are just they've just been rotting for years. They're just rotting. It's so bad, and um, I just dealt with it. I would nail them in occasionally, but like the the integrity of the wood itself was just, just you know far past the point of revival. Yeah. So like each stair would just like move a shitload each time you stepped on it. Yeah, and then so Tim came by, you know, like he's my insurance agent, and just <laughs> fixed the whole thing with a couple of fresh pieces of wood, and now it's great. I can I can like tap dance on the stairs if I want. Now it's got that new wood, old old wood look. Exactly. Mm. It's new. Whenever you see new, brand new, a goldish hue of new wood complementing old, gray, rotten wood, it's just a great look. Yeah, it's fantastic. Speaking of no yeah. new, old, wow. Um, we just did a, we power washed the back deck. Ooh, such a satisfying. Oh, dude. Man, oh my God. Talk about satisfying. That's so good. So good. Even if it, like, the deck is still, like, when you get through all the mold and all this stuff, and you're like, yeah, this probably will need to be replaced in, like, three years. But <laughs> it's still amazing <laughs> for the time being. You know what's crazy is we have, like, that Trex shit on our deck, but it's, like, rust-colored Trex, mm. like, reddish, whatever. If you power wash that, then there's just red dust fucking everywhere for weeks. It, like, chews it up. Thank you, folks. Yes, it's absolutely true. I was going to say, was, I, I didn't know if you had more to add to that or if that was the end. Yeah. But then same when I heard the that. tongue click, I was like, oh, he's finished. Same here. I was like, okay. Uh, well, 
so yeah. we officially had our first grilling day the other day. Which, yeah, that was great. I mean, what's going first on? First grilling day of the season. What's going on with like restaurants and bars? Are they opening up in, in like? Well, you're New Hampshire. Dude, I don't know. So, so like, there's this specious, like this kind of nebulous stage two. <laughs> I'm doing an Alice Quebec air quotes um, right now, but so basically, Governor Baker, who is I think auditioning for there must be some play out there looking for a new lead pussy that he's auditioning for. <laughs> but so he holds a press conference and he says, "All right, phase one is going to start." Here, and then we're going to do phase two and phase three. And nobody knows what any of the phases mean. So basically, right now, all restaurants are still only open to takeout. Mm-hmm. As far as I'm concerned, maybe I'm wrong. Educate me if I if I am. But right now, I can't go to a restaurant even with outside seating and sit. So because my town touches New Hampshire, they do have like patios open and that sort of thing. So we're able to go to. But right now, I can't go into any restaurant in Mass and sit and and eat inside. Interesting. Yeah, there's only a couple spots. So for Rhode Island, it's you can do outdoor seating, but for most people, like the restrictions within that are so strict that it's not even worth an opening because they don't have the physical space. So you need to. Uh, there's a person limit, of course, but you need to have like eight feet between tables. So if you think about that, like. That's because a lo- you're like tables in half. At least, like, yeah, whatever. for most people. Yeah. Especially like if they could cram in six, eight tables to begin with. Like, yeah, Most of the places around Providence just physically don't have the space to do that. But um, there is, we went to one place, this brewery in Pawtucket, and you sit in the back and where all the picnic tables are completely spread apart. And you're on this backside of an old mill building, so it kind of looks like you're in the yard of some jail and just <laughs> waiting for your time. And um, But it was really surreal in that, too, because it was an outdoor bar, so all the dogs, of course, it's a brewery, all the dogs want to mingle together, and oh, they're course. not allowed to. And like people would kind of let their guard down and start walking around and then get yelled at, like, if you leave your table, you need to have a mask on, all this stuff, blah, blah, blah. It's just, it's so surreal. It was exciting well, to go there, and then halfway through, we are kind of just like, ah, no, this, this kind of sucks, yeah. Yeah. Like, even the, uh, like, New Hampshire restaurants that I've been to, like, it's a little bit okay, because you're like, this is nice, we're out, we're eating, we're getting drinks, whatever. But it's also super fucking annoying with, like, a lot of the oh, shit yeah, that they do. Oh, yeah, tell Ian about uh, when we went to Atkinson. Um, I mean, I guess I don't know specifically what, but it was just like, they never brought us like silverware until we like asked for it. And then when we did, I feel like they brought it in like a fucking Tupperware container, like a sealed Tupperware or some shit. The whole experience was just weird. Like you walk in, you got to wear the mask. You can't walk past people's tables without a mask or they get pissed at you. If you want to go to the bathroom, you got to put the mask on. Uh, What were you, uh, kind of referring to Tim Jim, but it was like fucking annoying. Yeah. No, here's my thing. Um, <laughs> we go up to Atkinson, right? So we made reservations. Oh, right. Sorry, you already jogged my memory, but go ahead. So, um, did I jog it or did I jot it? You jogged it, okay. I think. All right, yeah. Cool. So that's why I'm out of breath. Um, so, okay. <laughs> so we called in the reservation like a week ahead, and then so we show up. It was six thirty reservation for. Well, we'll just call it six because we all wound up eating together, and. 
it's easier for math purposes too to just exactly exactly so i'm like yeah uh, so then eric walks in because he was part of our party and they go no no no, sir wait in the car wait in the car we'll call you when your table's ready yeah, they go what are you doing sir <laughs> yeah so we're outside like a bunch of fucking lepers <laughs> and uh and they finally call us like a half hour later, even though we made a reservation. So I don't understand. I mean, what is this? The fucking, you know, what is this? It's not the taking the reservation that they have. Yeah. It's the keeping. I mean, I'm no Calvin Coolidge, but this is like wounded knee type reservations here. You know, do you mean it or not? So anyway, so we're waiting outside for 30 minutes and then, um, and then they call us in and like, all right, wear your masks when you're inside the restaurant. So we had to put on our masks and then we walk down onto the patio and they're like, all right, you can take your masks off now. Um, it, it, the whole thing's insane. So then we Thank sit you, down. Thank you, Master. Thank you. And they, so we sit down, she hands us these paper menus and then takes, <laughs> takes like 40 minutes to come back. Yeah. And then she finally comes back and then once we order, she takes all the menus and Eric makes a joke and he goes, Are you gonna burn these? Or maybe it was Tim that said it. And she yeah, goes it was definitely Eric, I'm not that witty. And she goes, Yeah, I actually am gonna throw them out. Like <laughs> that well this that's is insane. A, that's a specific rule down here too, is like paper menus only. You can't if like you don't make them, you don't have them. <laughs> oh, exactly. Exactly. Um yeah, so I don't know who's like making unbelievably rules. slow the whole time. And I feel like yeah. they don't want to clear shit. Like if you have like bottles and fucking empty glasses, and this isn't just at Atkinson, it was at like the past four restaurants I've been to since all this shit. They like do not want to take your fucking shit. Well, I mean, I don't blame them really like because begging. like these people are. It's just the worst possible conditions to have to do it, and you have to wear a mask the entire time. Um, you're running like halfway across the property of these restaurants now where, um, and you have less people. So you're making less money. Like these servers are working twice as hard to make twice as less right now. Dude, I yeah. was wondering the same thing. I was like, how did these poor saps get selected while their former coworkers are collecting? Cause I know there are places that have like five waitresses and they're like, well, I mind. It's actually going to be better if I just lay them all off because wow. they're going to make more money than they would if I opened up with a quarter capacity. Yeah, the friends and, I have who are annoyed about this whole situation is that they didn't get furloughed, or because they're hearing about all the money we were collecting. You know, like they're still having to yeah, work every day, and they're just. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. the The whole thing is weird. Um, yeah, it's I especially from like a I don't know. It's I feel like you either have to just completely open back up or I guess just stay locked down. Um which is weird. There's no precedent um, for it. That's the hardest thing. There there is no, really nothing not. to compare it to. So, no matter what, you're going to be right and wrong. Um It's it's weird my sister she's a lab science she's actually up in boston and her company which used to focus mainly on like cancer research and that kind of stuff um they recently were bought and this company did like an about face turn and focus on the vaccine 
that's all you're doing. That's all you're working on now. Um, huh. Really? Yeah. They're fighting for that, uh, probably that grant money, I bet. Like, everyone's trying to just get the money for the vaccines. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't. If you can, I'm if sure you can that, come up with the good one first, you can get the most money, basically. I'm sure that stuff is weird. I've heard my sister said that there's a lot of open sharing happening between the actual labs themselves. Which is fucking fantastic. But, yeah, I think it's required, you know, this because this is not like a race to market. This is a race to survival in some cases, I guess, if you want to be, um, that dramatic, but she, when I talked to her about it, I remember seeing her right after I left my job in March and this was all starting. She was saying like, I think everybody expected that. All right. If I do my thing for two or three weeks, we'll get over it. And she, from the start was like, this will probably go to July or August. And she's like, yeah, some people were we're pretty prescient with that. I, I thought we'd be back completely to normal by June. Um, Me too, yeah. But then it's re- So my TV broke like last week, so I haven't watched any television and my internet's been down. But it seems like people are still staying indoors, not gathering in crowds and, you know, abiding by the <laughs> lockdowns. So we should be through this pretty quickly. Jeez. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> Uh, but no, I mean, I feel like in some places, like, I don't know, I have people that live in like Cincinnati and they're pretty much back to to normal. Like, yeah, they like can, Texas, I think, like there's parts of Texas that are like mostly completely back to normal and like, um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I think Massachusetts is one of the, like, we're kind of still stuck in this, well, Massachusetts has to be. Other than New York, New Jersey, it's like the main hardest hit, like right now. Yeah. I think most people are kind of over the hump and starting to open yeah. back up. I'd say so for the most part. But I don't know. But speaking of, you know, restaurants and uh, Atkinson Country Club in particular and, you know, golf a little bit. <laughs> Ian, I've got to ask you this is really important. Oh. Um, all of the guests, not the guests, goddammit, the fans have just been dying to know. Oh, God. Do you prefer your golf-specific hot dogs to be boiled or grilled? I'm a fan of grilled, personally. Oh, folks, this I, is... I, I just, I love grilled chicken. Anything on the grill is my preferred method. No, you Tim's gotta, yeah, I, you gotta go with grilled. You need those okay. charred marks. Thank fucking God. Yeah, boiled it's is Because honestly... Weird, the the grilled they're crumbelievable no, they they're really just, are crumbelievable dude <laughs> they're way better than bro- than boiled when i'm at, when i'm at a fi- who grills is it atkinson actually grills their hot dogs there's um, like one golf course that like actually does it yeah you're right i don't think it's atkinson though oh it's fucking um renaissance renaissance does yes yes wow which of course is like the most private course on the face of the fucking everybody boils yeah, renaissance them. i mean Everybody boils, and it's death. not my favorite. No, then you bite you bite into the casing of a boiled dog, and it's like a it's like a fucking rubber glove, <laughs> and then you got to break through it, and then you have hot dog. Yeah, the casing on the bo- on the boiled is is really bad. There's um, a uh, there's a bar near us um, called Nolan's that they would have they have hot dog nights. I think it's like a Monday or Tuesday. It's like a weird day of the week, but 
they have just constant hot dogs coming out of like a fucking steamer at the end of the bar. They're free oh, at, if you're drinking sitting there. They're free. And I've done them, and it's always like the third or second bite. You're just like, what am I doing? Why would I eat this? <laughs> but you finish it well, because you have to, and you're drinking. But oh, Well, there are, there, are, there are people that, like, if I'm golfing, that's really the only time. Or if I'm at a cookout, those are the only two times where I'm okay with the hot dog. But, like, there's actually a percentage of the population that just genuinely likes hot dogs like year round mm. in any circumstance they can find themselves in the mood for a hot dog oh, like i'm yeah. not one of those people when i golf i love hot dogs if i'm at a cookout and i have a hot dog and a burger then that's fine but like these people that go to like richdale's or some convenience store and get a hot dog those people baffle me oh, right God. and you and karen are never like just sitting on the couch on a fucking thursday evening and you're like what do you want for dinner and she's like let's make hot dogs and you're like right. oh, you know what i was just thinking the same thing exactly that's yeah, n- no, literally never happened once i'm the, i'm pretty much the same way i've never we made at- hot dogs the other night but that was just because we were having a cookout right but i've never been at home and someone goes and my mom used to go what do you want for dinner and i've never said like i don't know hot dog <laughs> or i don't think i have maybe i have but not, we've had can, a, can we call her and uh, we've done a ask. couple hot dog lunches during quarantine I've, well, yeah, but that's if you can quarantine. if you can dress it up like if I have like relish diced onion like oh. then I'm like oh, all right man. I'm I'm game but if it's okay. like just the sad hot dog it's it's a little tougher for me to go through with it yeah I would say the two most important ingredients to a decent hot dog are the diced onions and the relish exactly if I and ketchup I need ketchup on a hot dog. See, I could go without the ketchup if I have my, so oh, if I if typical, I had to typical. Okay, so let's lay out the four basic ingredients of a hot dog. Ketchup. Sure. So ketchup, mustard, relish, and onions. If you have to lose just one of those items, for me it's going to be the ketchup. For me it's going to be mustard. Really? Yeah. Ian? I think I would lose the mustard too. Amen. But you know okay. the um Secret ace I've been deploying on my hot dogs has been um, Ooh. pepperoncinis. Cut the oh, dice those up a little God. bit and throw those in there. You'll be happy. You'll be happy. Boy. So wait, well, Ian, we... so Ian, what are your quarantine hot dogs? What do they look like? Or your lockdown hot dogs? What are they? Your lockdown. What dogs. do they look like? I'm, you know, I'm just throwing them in a pan, <laughs> baby, and just high heat and butter, throwing them in, and and we're dressing and then what them, are you up. them up. What are you dressing them up with? I do ketchup, mustard. Diced red onions, the pepperoncini. Um, sometimes I pull the mustard and ketchup, and we did a little barbecue sauce on there. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, you know. So you're kind of reminding me of like a Spike's dog with like the pepperoncinis and stuff. Yeah. And go a little crazy if you can. Which is pretty fantastic. That was going to be really delicious. It was, you know. It was the first hot dog I had of the year. And it seemed fitting seeing that I was missing all of my golf course hot dogs, that I needed something to pick me up on a Wednesday. Right. You had to get some nitrates in you. Yeah. yeah. How many golf courses are, like, within a uh, short commute of you? Do you have, like, good oh. options down there? Yeah. I yeah, like there's a few. Do, yeah. Um, I don't know the exact number, but there's a good amount. I mean, in Rehoboth, where I grew up, there were four or five courses alone. Um, pretty good Dude, with Rhode should, Island and all that you, where stuff. Where did you guys play together? 
When 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 like that when was, you and Tim play golf, where do you play? Well, one time we played Swansea Country Club, which is down near me. That one's pretty far down. That's like going towards the East Bay. Um, and then one time we played up near you, right, Tim? I met you I think somewhere. We Crystal? Question mark? Crystal Lake? I think so. Yeah, I feel totally. like you. Did. I feel like I remember for some bizarre reason you guys playing Crystal Lake. Yeah. yeah, I mean that makes sense because like if I just need a lazy, if I'm just like, oh, let's just play golf. What's easy to get onto and whatever, it's fine. Crystal Lake. Yeah, because you know I mean? it was kind of like a last minute so. thing. It was like a Dude, weird. Why, day, don't we, so. why don't we make a tea time for like next week? That sounds like a really good idea. Yeah. What's your near future look like, Ian? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty open. So he goes like, "Can't. I'm busy." Yeah. <laughs> are your I'm busy um, forever? Yeah. Are your weekdays more or less interchangeable like mine, or do you yeah. have like specific days that you're definitely fucked for? My weekdays are open. My so if you can right. do yeah, weekdays, dude. that works best for me because I've been doing most of my like work condo work has been weekend with my girlfriend. So. Dude, so yeah, Tim, why don't we? I have a fake job, so I can leave whenever. But you can just let me know okay. what works for you. We can take a little road trip down toward Ian's way. Just yeah, Jesus. we could look something up like midway between us too. I don't mind driving your direction. I'm sure there's plenty of options. That's the good thing around here is there's just plenty of options. Dude, I still can't get over how much I like Providence in terms of just. It has to be. One of the more accessible cities in New England. I mean, I, I granted that I left, I came in on a Saturday afternoon and I left on a Sunday morning, but I just feel like Boston is a goddamn nightmare. Obviously, Providence is much smaller, but still, I got right off the highway, went right into the hotel, and it was just. Providence has to rank amongst the most conveniently navigated cities. Yeah. I think for the main He's of- got a point, yeah. folks. I mean, Jesus. feel free to call me a moron. I, I'm not that well familiar with moron. it, but based on my experience, I'd say Providence is pretty easy to get in and out of. It is. Yep. I agree. Yeah, that's good. It, that downtown, that section, most of the downtown section is great. And it's funny that it's all Buddy Cianci. <laughs> and if you know anything about yeah, him, it's just kind of hilarious. But uh, that's- Have you listened to that podcast, Tim Jim? No, I, I know what it's about. I still haven't listened to it. I haven't listened to it either, but I've heard all the stories oh, in passing. Is that the This American Life one? The, it, the, I believe the, it is by uh, them. Yeah, it's the, uh, oh, Sarah Con- Crime, Connick or whatever her name is. Crime Conic? Town. Yeah, Crime Town. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's her voice gets a little good. annoying in Crime Town, but I do like her reporting well, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. Yeah, man. It's a funny I thing. If Adnan actually did it. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> You know what? You know what? One of the best interview questions I've heard is I forget who made it up. It's like kind of a you know how like James Lipton on the Actors Studio used to have his uh, his little thing, but oh fuck, Jesus Christ, dude! Somebody said if you could ask any person, living or dead, one question and they have to answer you truthfully, who would it be and what would you ask? And that's just a great question in general. Yeah. And for lack of a better idea, I would I would go to Adnan because they'd be like, dude, <laughs> you're all the rage right now. Did you actually do it? And if he has to answer me, imagine if he just said yes and all this stuff is just meaningless. <laughs> dude, even even better than that, I would ask the staircase guy. Well, I don't even know if it's better than that. But Michael Peterson? Opinion, yeah. You got it. <laughs> I would ask that fucking guy. I know. I wouldn't ask him, did you kill your wife? I'd ask him, did you really have sex with that guy? 
He'd be like, of course. <laughs> Oh, that guy was, Did you watch the staircase again? Yeah. That, that I, was dude, I, everyone thought it was too drawn out and long. I actually loved every minute of it. He's like, yeah. Of course I fucked that guy. Have you seen my eyebrows? <laughs> <laughs> I want more of that. I thought Making a Murderer season two was a little drawn out. Um, even though I'm a big Brandon Dassey uh, advocate. Fan? <laughs> no, I am. I really think they should let the guy out. Dude, the they creep. Should. The creepiest thing ever is these false confessions. Yeah. No, I totally fucking agree. Because it's like there's a... I think it was Tom Segura. He had this bit where he was basically like, all these shows, the people that call lawyers, their episodes are like three minutes long. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because they're just like, oh, you're calling a lawyer? All right, get out of here. Yeah. But yeah, dude, it's crazy. They just shouldn't even allow you to speak when questioned by cops. Now, you should have well, to go to like mentally eight, impaired eight layers. Oh, right. Oh yeah, and the kid's like mentally retarded, or sorry, yeah. retarded. I always forget which one I'm supposed to use. But he um, definitely should not have been able to be questioned without some sort of, you know, chaperone. Hmm. And then right. he's the thing that I don't understand too is that Stephen Avery was never charged with rape. And the thing that Brandon Dassey's charged with is accessory to rape. So how do you have him as an accessory to a crime you didn't even prove happened? You know what I mean? Wow. Strange. That's like old school. But anyways, Netflix this has been too. a great golf episode. Yeah. <laughs> I heard Stephen Avery's a scratch golfer. Imagine. <laughs> Ian, what's the best score you've, you've ever shot? 39. Oh, that's a good question, actually. I'd be curious to find out. A 39? On a, on a 9? It was a 39, yeah. I Jesus broke 40 once. So I was pretty pumped about it. That's a damn good score. Yeah. That's, that's I, unbelievable. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny. Um, another thing I thought of was, like, the people who really suck at golf are the most <laughs> philosophical ones, too. Like, because you have the people who really like lose their temper and get pissed off. And it's like when you're not that good at something and you get that pissed off, it's just such a bad look. Right. And it, I think it's always funny where you have that one person in the group who has the adage of like, oh, that one good shot makes me come out again, you know? And, <laughs> or it's like, uh, those are the great putts that make you come back for more. Right. Where it literally can be sometimes one or two shots that make you keep going for it well it's like there was a one year where i fucking like joined atkinson country club and i was going fucking to the range every fucking like three days a week and i was playing rounds all the time you know what i mean dude you that first year you started playing golf i've never met somebody that was more aggressive about playing golf yeah i was fucking obsessed but um and I was like, oh, dude, this is great. I'm, I'm going to go fucking pro. I'm going to be so fucking good, blah, blah, blah. And then you get out on the course. You hit, like, you know, some really mint drives. And then you fuck everything else up. And you're like, what am I even thinking? And then you hit one really good fucking iron. And you're like, see, I could be pro. See, I just did it. And then you just can never fucking hit that well, good. Well, dude, you always cracked me up because you would have these, like, flawless mechanics. You'd hit, like, you would carry... Like 295, 300 off the tee. So you with roll, you would have these like 320-yard drives. And then you'd be like 80 yards out from a green on a par four. And <laughs> and rather than just like chip it like a normal person, you would try to do this fancy flop shot 
and just <laughs> skull fucking into the woods. And I'm like, dude, if you just like, like you literally, there were, dude, there were so many rounds where you literally should have shot in like the low 80s. And you scored like a hundred two because you would do all this impressive shit, and then right when you get into an arm's length of a birdie, you would just try to be fancy, like like you'd be like, dude, we'd be it'd be like a say it was like a three hundred forty yard par three. You would drive it, roll up. You'd be a pitching wedge out, or like a fifty or a sixty degree out. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, cool. He basically can't fuck this up. <laughs> and then I would go to my golf cart and I would just hear this rattling of trees. And I'm like, what was that? And then you're like, oh, I tried to put backspin on it. And I'm like, dude. <laughs> dude, there were literally so many times. I remember playing around with you where you literally should have made regulation on every single hole. Because so true. you were that close. And then you got it in your head that you everyone needs to have a shot with backspin. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like completely ridiculous. Dude, there I but I've never seen somebody become more like I've always loved golf. And even you rivaled my own passion for it. Cause whatever year that was, I don't know if it twenty thirteen or something. You got so into golf, and you became... You're still the most competent person I've ever seen play golf relative... Like, you didn't really have any year where you sucked at golf. Like, you were always competent at golf, because you got really into it, started practicing. That's true. I just always do the thing. I all the fucking time will be so close to the hole and then we'll fuck it up from there. And then I'll three putt. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ, dude. Yeah. And it's all unforced errors. Like it's not, it's like you just, I don't, you got it in your head one day that unless I land it 10 feet ahead of the pin and have it roll in, <laughs> it doesn't there's count. There's no <laughs> point in me taking the shot. I, it's, and then I would fucking duff a chip and it would roll up with inside 10 feet and you'd be like, nice shot. I was like yeah, because I didn't try to. I didn't try to be an asshole. And it, it only See? matters where it ends up, and that's the funniest exactly. thing. Where you can There's have no pictures on a scorecard. You can have a complete dog shit drive and make birdie. It's it's exactly. it's unreal, right? That kind of stuff. Yeah. Oh, it's so goddamn true. I miss playing and every day. The other like, thing, people that that the the difference of playing every single day and working even on. It, the consistency is always the biggest thing, right? It's like we were saying before, when you hit one well, it feels effortless. And it yeah. seems so easy. Why can't I just do that every time? I'd be great every single right. time. That's all I have to do. Not even try. But that's the thing. It's like the second that you're angled down a little bit more on the ball or you have a weird footing or the fucking there's a divot or something strange like that. The strangest little um, inconsistencies can destroy us. Well, yeah, and it's weird how many muscles and just body parts have to be in lockstep for a golf swing. Like if you were, if you were fifteen feet away from me, and there was a tennis ball at your feet, and I was like, Ian, toss me that tennis ball. You would toss it directly at me flawlessly without even thinking about it like 10 times out of 10. You would just pick it up and just do it. But for some reason with golf, it's like 
your mind just is so upset. There's so many things that can go wrong. Where I feel like that's kind of actually why, like, like a lot of my friends, like, Eric is one of those guys that he'll get into his head and he'll be like, I'm not going to drink today. I really want to, I really want to shoot an 85. And I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah. And then he'll shoot a 49 in the front. And then I'll be like, dude, just, just start drinking. And then he'll get cocked and shoot like a 46 on the back. So I'm like, well, <laughs> why didn't you just get drunk in the parking lot and you would have shot an 83? <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we got to golf soon, man. I Well, one, I want to golf with Ian. Well, really, I want to see Ian because I haven't seen Ian in a while. And then golfing with Ian is something I've never done. We should make this happen next week. Okay. I'm down. Okay. Okay, no cream. Don't give me any shit. Make it happen. Make it happen. Who wants cream? Now, we'll okay, figure out cream. a... Um, we'll figure out where to uh, where to make the tea time. We'll do it in the uh, the private hours. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, dude, I'll, I'll find that, like, at the beginning of the, the round, I'll be like, okay, I'm going to fucking kill it today. This is going to be sick. <laughs> dude, then, that's what everybody thinks, though. Obviously, yeah, yeah. But then by the fourth hole, if I've already gotten, like, a seven, I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> I'm fucking give done. up. And then I just give up. <laughs> now, you can't give up, though, dude. You know how many times I've had, like, great rounds where I've started off with, like, two triple bogeys? Oh, I had that today. stick it out. I, my first hole today was I got a snowman on it, and I was just like... Well, fuck. <laughs> and it, it it takes you a couple holes and I don't know. That's the weird that's the funny thing about there's such there's such like a movement and an ideology about golf and how like much preparation even the weekend warrior has to go through and this little thoughts and all that shit. The best golf shots I hit every time are after I've made a horrible shot and I'm really pissed off and I just step up to the thing and I fucking swing. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. what I need to like. No more practice swings. Just be like, I think this is an eight iron. Fuck it, <laughs> and go for it. Like because that's when I you actually make contact and you're actually hitting golf shots. Yeah, player B is always better. No, yeah, and that, but that's the same mindset. It's like if I just asked you to toss me that you know tennis ball, you would just do it. Yeah, exactly. Right. Sometimes you just gotta abandon the psychoanalysis of your own mechanics and just do it i don't do mechanic stuff at all really i i feel good about like i i don't think much about my swing because i know when it feels good it works but like i i just i have the bad mental game afterwards (laughs) if you get in like a couple bad shots in a row it's just like it's yeah. it can be hard to shake yourself out of it, and that's really the difference between some of these people who like make. I think big that's my biggest and then like bounce right back. That's that's my, that's my biggest thing that I've worked on is a much more well. Tim used to know I dude I used to have a terrible golf temper. Like really? I, if I was playing, yeah, pretty bad. If I was playing like shit, I was basically just not fun to play with. I was just this little bitch that just. <laughs> but now I'm I'm, and I think Tim would agree. Now I'm very zen like. I don't yeah. really, I'm, and actually to me, that's honestly, I'm actually more proud of that than if I like really tightened up my short game. Cause now I can play and have a bad round and not be like a miserable, um, what's the word? Like cunt. You know what I mean? I can just, <laughs> I, I'm just, you know, I, I can just let it roll off. Yeah. Right. That's what I've been working because, on because it's, you know, you have to stay to just, stay in the moment enjoy the moment like 
it, it, yeah, I know exactly. it's corny, but it's true. Like a shitty day in the golf course is a pretty good day anywhere else. Like it's a luxury in, to do. In, nobody, nobody cares anyways. Like let's say you shoot like a one ten yeah. with your buddies. No one's gonna nobody fucking remember shit. that except you. Right. You know you what I mean? Still got cocked and smoked a couple of cigarettes and had a good time. Yeah. You exactly. can't let one bad shot ruin the next three. And exactly. it's taken me too long to learn that, but. I feel like lately, and by lately, I mean like the past maybe three rounds, since I'm old as shit now. I, oh, um, yeah, he's dirty. I'm like, I'm, I'm like worried about like hurting my back all the time. So now I just like don't even swing hard, and I'm just like, oh, I'm just going to swing easy. But like the swinging easy usually turns into being like a pretty good fucking golf Dude, swing. Dude, that's the thing, too, is like when I mess up, I just swing so fucking hard. It's like unreal <laughs> how hard yeah. you try to swing sometimes Ooh, yeah. Oop, that was a fucking accent but then i oh, guess it worked. worked yeah um and that's <laughs> i just had this funny that moment it's like why why do we swing so hard right because it's like when you swing so hard yeah there's a fucking 10 percent chance that you're gonna like hit it square and it's gonna go super fucking far but is that 10 percent chance really worth the swinging super hard and fucking up your entire game. No, dude, that's why every that's why every time I wanted to just shake you and say, "Dude, stop taking full swing flop shots. You're 30 yards out. (laughs) (laughs) You can literally just putt it from here and save a par." (laughs) Let me ask you guys: those flop shots are pretty fucking sick, though, huh? Yeah, they're sick, dude. I used to get so frustrated because I was like, "Dude, you're." Like, you're already a better golfer than I am, and you don't even know it because you keep shooting, like, 100 fives, but <laughs> it's but it's because you keep fucking up the easiest part of the game. Like, I remember, I remember thinking that. I was like, Tim, I was like, early doesn't realize he's better at golf than I am because there's this one approach shot that keeps making him get sevens and eights. Right. I was like, if he... Just didn't do that. He would beat me by ten strokes every time, and it's just so funny. I used to keep watching, and we would play for skins, Ian too, in the group. Like, oh, yeah. we would play for skins, and there'd be days where early should have literally been walking out with like two hundred dollars cash. And I remember being like, "Dude, you were literally like a hundred yards out from half of these holes, and you wound up taking an eight because you skull fucked your ball into the woods." <laughs> Dude, and I remember missing a, uh, I missed like a two foot birdie putt. Oh yeah, in, in front of like Mal Kimball, and he was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Yeah. He got so mad. I remember that. <laughs> you got to putt Dude, everything. Yeah, in the you hole, were like though. ten inches out, and you or like twenty inches out. And, and he it, said something like, "All right, well, this is at least some money." And then like I putted it, and he's like, "Are you fucking kidding?" <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, like he he actually benefited from you missing that, and he was pissed. <laughs> Let me ask oh, you this: What do you guys think is the most intimidating shot on the course for you? And I'll go first: fairway bunkers. I never hit them, which I guess is a good thing. But like when I do, I I feel most lost trying to do long distance fairway bunker right. shots. Because you're like, what the fuck? That's and you don't that's where I caught myself use. swinging so hard that I was like, I'm going to throw my neck out of my socket, like just trying to hit this <laughs> ball. Yeah, I'm weird. I think I, for some reason, fairway bunkers, I've, I usually am okay at. Um, 
the most intimidating shots is honestly it's not um it's not like full swing approach shots it's when i'm like 25 yards out where i have to do this weird like like quarter swing because i have this thing where i'll hit i'll chip off the toe every now and again i get in these moods and then it's like self-perpetuating because once i do it once every time i hold that club i just assume it's going to happen again and that Mm -hmm. and then sure enough it does happen so i would say when i'm lying in a really good position and i'm i only have like 20 yards to go that's my most dread shot for some reason I think maybe it's because I have a shitty swing and I and not being able to ground the club in a fairway bunker for some reason kind of offsets that. I never really do poorly off fairway bunkers. But it's right. like it's like the shots that no one else is afraid of is what scares me. I, yeah, like if I I'm like, say if I'm twenty the, to thirty yards out it's terrible. The fairway bunkers always fucking terrify me and I'm like, I'm how the fuck am I gonna do this? But then somehow it always ends up turning out okay. But I not I don't expect it to. Hmm. That's why but it like works for my, you. Right, I guess. But I guess like my scariest shit is if I ever have to like either chip or like half swing over water, it's like fucking forget about it. Hmm. That and then and honestly, not even joking, if you have if I have like a putt that's inside three feet where everyone's like, you can't possibly miss, those scare the shit out of me. Like I'd honestly <laughs> if I have a if I have a 10-foot birdie putt, I probably statistically have a higher likelihood of making that because there's less pressure on myself than if I have, like, a two-and-a-half-foot birdie putt. There's right. something there's something about their short-range putts. It's all psychosomatic, but those scare the shit out of me. I'm much more well, likely to miss a two-foot putt than I am a five-foot putt, as weird as that sounds. Well, because if you miss a two foot putt, you're a fucking loser. Right. And if you, I miss a ten foot putt, nobody's loser. gonna nobody's gonna call me names. Oh, it's so right. defeating when you miss those inside four footers. And yep. it's just always, exactly just be distance alone. It's always gonna sneak by the corner somewhere or break too. So it's so defeating. And it now is. they're doing this thing where like they don't want you taking the flags out, and they have oh, like I cool noodles. So. Wrapped around the bottom. Oh yeah, Ian. What do they hit? What do they have in like? What are the pins like in in Rhode Island? So that's funny you said that um, because I kept going to pull the pin, and what they did was kind of smart. But they did like um, it was the normal pin, but they did like a little bracket like halfway down the hole, so that was screwed into the pin and that screwed to the cup. So if you can't pull physically pull the pin out, it just gets stuck there. And then when the ball right. goes in the hole, like it's up in surface level. <laughs> but there's so many okay, times. Okay, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. I, I played a course that had the same thing. There were so many times when you know, you're just walking up to the thing and you always grab the pin mid-stride, right? Like Because you're going to bring it to the other side. So I'd be like full motion mid-stride and just go grab it and the thing would yank me back like three feet. Right. Dude, Jesus. it's brutal, man. I'm, I wish... Like it was like a social media thing. Cause some of the fancier courses had it, but where it was like a normal cup, but it would it would have this like lever attached to it, and you could just kind of hit this lever up with the golf putter. Do you know what I'm talking about? They should do and that the cup for would, all the old guys who like can barely bend over. <laughs> yeah, they, they actually they should really do that anyways. Yeah. But I, like, at least you could putt into a cup because the the noodle thing is just like 
There's definitely shots where I'm like, that probably would have gone in, well, but it didn't because there's a fucking noodle. So that brings up a good thing because I was always raised on like the importance of finishing out every hole. You put every hole out. And like, it's hilarious to watch people who you're in front of you waiting in the fairway to hit at the green and you just see these guys who are like eyeballing putts for 10 minutes and then they miss. Oh, yeah. And they still have a good like four footer downhill and they just take the gimme. And I would say like ninety five percent of the time people take a gimme, they were probably gonna miss the putt. I dude, that's why and I don't like doing so gimme's I don't, like I don't like it either. I I would rather I don't give like somebody, being a harder, but that's the only way you get good is by right. actually putting them. And I that's if anybody's gonna talk shit about score and talk shit about handicap and all of those things that people like to tout in the golf ego. There's you have nothing to say if you don't putt out every hole, and I'm I'm even for like I, I mulligans. Agree. Like I would rather give people one mulligan a nine than let give them gimmies. It's bullshit. Gimmies are stupid. Right. I agree. I don't. It's almost like again. I just sound like a hardo, but like it makes it more fun for me. Like to me, nothing's more boring. Than playing a basketball game and people go, let's just not keep score. And yeah, I'm just like, yeah. like you need some basis to strive for or some goal to try to meet for it to be worthwhile. Yeah. So like, anytime I play with someone that like is just all doing mulligans and gimmies, I'm just like, ugh, what's the point of this? I just don't play at that point. I'm only like playing myself. That's the best thing about golf is as many people are around you, it is forever. A sport within yourself because you have your own history with it you have your own goals going into each round doesn't it doesn't matter what's happening around you i would right. say the, I totally agree. the last thing i had was the collective acceptance of taking leaks on the course and like oh yeah driving the cart and be like yo pull over to the right over there i gotta take a piss <laughs> and like you just see carts zigzagging across the fairway because they're just taking pisses every other hole um but it, it's like a complete don't ask don't tell situation especially now because like they're all closed you can't go to the pro shop you can't go to they don't even have like water or i was surprised they don't even have the um, ball washers out there either oh yeah nope so what are you gonna do take a leak in the woods and yeah it reminds, me, it reminds me of the story where I was playing in, um, I think I was playing in Plymouth or some. I was playing somewhere else where I'd never been before. And so I hold it for a while and I'm with like a group of people that I don't really know that well. So I finally just like take a hard right off the tee and go to take a piss. And I step back a little bit and I'm doing my thing. And of course, as I'm full stream i look off to my right and i see that somebody else is in their backyard just grilling up and they're like getting all the kids around <laughs> and there is a complete break in foliage from me to this family of five having their cookout <laughs> in their backyard and i <laughs> i'm just like trying to go as quickly and as quietly as possible because i've just held it so long that my kidney will burst if i don't let it out now but 
I, I think that every time, anytime now that I go out and do it, like I get performance anxiety because I'm just waiting for the next family waiting in the woods to stare at me as I take a leak. Did you get away scot-free? I, yeah, it's intense. I, did, I usually yeah. go, I usually am pretty good on reconnaissance missions because I've had similar paranoias. Um, usually I, I make sure if it's a course I've been to many times, like I, I know the opportune moments to take a leak. Um, yeah, you know the piss holes. But I'm pretty gun-shy with, with golf courses now because I, f- I feel the same thing. And, like, a lot of people use golf courses to go on walks and walk dogs and stuff. So I'm like, anytime I think I'm safe, I, I never really am. No, so you're never safe. Right, folks. Jesus Christ. But I do love urinating outside um, because even when I'm at my house, like, on a summer night, I'd, I honestly prefer pissing outside than pissing in the bathroom. Maybe that just shows that I'm some, you know, troglodyte Neanderthal fella, but, you know, it, it is what it is. That is one of the main step-ups we have in the um, in the sexes. I mean, being able to literally piss anywhere is it's unmatched. It's glorious. Oh, I agree, glorious. dude. Yeah, that definitely is the best part, is the receptacle convenience of the penis. You know what I mean? <laughs> Such an active little organ, isn't it? It really is, and it's great. I mean, it's it's hideous, repulsive in a lot of ways, but from a practical standpoint, you literally cannot beat the penis. It's way the future. I try every day. I know. <laughs> uh, um, I don't know. Should we call it there? I mean, is that good? I think so. I would love I to. We're good, dude. I would love to we wrap a, up around, just... and we can have a call back to. How well or shitty it went, <laughs> right? Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. A good idea. Why don't oh, we God. Why don't we coordinate like tomorrow or the next day, some some day that works for everybody to play next week? All right, and Sounds then we'll legit. we'll try and find a course that's kind of a good halfway point between everybody. Okay. Reasonable. All right, man. Awesome. Sounds good, Ian. It was great to hear your velvety voice. Oh, it was a pleasure to oh, hear yours. So silky smooth. I've missed oh, you my both. God. Miss you too, too man. Buddy. So, see you guys next week. Godspeed. Godspeed. Yeah. yeah. Godspeed. All right. Thank you. Fantastic. All right. Thanks for joining us. I'm so sure can.